0: Okay, here we are. Here we are. So, (laughs) so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown.
1: The Brown.
0: The Brown. The Brown.
1: we're back sorry our bad
0: our bad sorry for that brief interlude uh, <laughs> in which we just ended the last episode <laughs>
1: and yeah now we're back we uh are rambling finally got the best of us and we just had such a Important conversation about Jamila that we decided to split this episode into two. So this is part two of our superstar-packed episode where you will finally get to hear our um, our wonderful interview with the amazing uh, Trisha Secujawalia. and um, we're so excited for you guys to hear it.
0: Yeah, and. I guess on a lighter note than what we were just talking about in our last episode, let's kick this episode off by talking about BJ and Mindy. Does that
1: sound good? That sounds great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, moving on to happier things. Yeah. Another lingering thought. Are Mindy and BJ Novak together? So, they still deny it. But, like, they (sighs) go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party every single
0: year. They (sighs) post, like, really coupley pictures when they do go really coupley pictures like he posts that picture or she posts a picture of the two of them like in the special vanity fair photo set or whatever they do and he's like the best accessory is a beautiful superstar
1: and he's got his arms like wrapped around her and they dated it's not like they're like platonic bffs like they dated they dated they have dated that is canon she still stands that he is the
0: godfather of her daughter
1: why don't just tell us he's the father? Just tell us. I know.
0: <laughs> just own up to it. Admit it. We all know <gasps> it already. We're on to you. They look really uh, good together. They're really they cute. They look so together. good
1: together. They're like each other's best friends. Yeah.
0: Okay. Also, funnily, he always on the Febu- on February thirteenth he posts that scene from The Office where he's like the meme where it's like I hooked up with her on February thirteenth and it's like Ryan <laughs> holding his head like that. <laughs> and everyone will post. He was reposting posts that were had him tagging it, like "Happy Anniversary, uh, Kelly and Ryan."
1: <laughs> Which is Aww, cute, yeah. It is cute. Anyways. Um, okay. Okay. So you want to
0: talk about the next one? Yeah. Okay. So some exciting news is that there is a new show on. I think it's Disney. Um. Called Mira Royal Detective. It is a cartoon show, I guess, targeted for the youths. About um uh, a South Asian girl named Mira who is like a detective in like a palace. And the cast list is phenomenal. Um, the girl who plays Cece from New Girl is one of the characters. They've cast like a new South Asian a uh, child to play the voice of Mira. Hari, Hari um, Kondabalu is one of the actors in it too or who does voice work for it. Um, who else? There's like It's not who's who. It's like Frida a who's Pinto. H- yeah. Frida Pinto. Yeah. Cal Penn. Yeah. Um, and this Asif is Asif Yeah. Awesome. So I don't know if you guys watch the Oscars. Um, Sorry this is a Mild tangent, but the people who won um, the Oscar for best animated short—the story, uh, the short was called uh, *Hair Love*. I don't know if you've watched it. Tars is so cute, but they, in their speech, they gave this like really, really important point. or they made this important point about representation and how, like, in cartoons, it's so important to have representation because that's like the first depiction of yourself that you really are ever exposed to in your life. Yeah. So. Good for Disney for making a cartoon featuring South Asians. Like, that is awesome. I'm so excited for it. I
1: kind of want to watch it. I want to watch it, too. I need to get Disney+. Plus. It's Disney Junior. Okay. Um, yes. Um, speaking okay, of the Oscars. So, speaking of the Oscars. Very exciting to see Parasite win. Actually, I wasn't watching it, but I saw the clip later and I cried. For yeah, sure. Yeah. It was so sweet. Have you watched it yet? No. I'm watching it. Today, actually. You are? Okay, yeah. let me know how it is. The acting performances by all the characters. And none of the cast was nominated for any acting Oscars across the board. Across this the board. whole award season. Yeah. None of them have been nominated at all. Oscars was no different. And people were really mad because they were like, oh, you guys are, like, kind of racist. And then, it turns out, the last movie to win a Best Picture Oscar without any acting nominations was Slumdog Millionaire in 2009. As with Parasite, the cast of Slumdog Millionaire was made up of actors in, of color and did not have, who did not have the same name recognition among Oscar voters as the year's eventual nominees did. So, surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Pattern of racism. Dave Patel was amazing in that movie.
0: Yeah. So and was Frida. So her,
1: Frida was not bad. And yeah. the, like, supporting cast was really good, too. The like, that kids was,
0: like, were amazing. The kids. Oh, my God. Those yeah. freaking kids should have Oscars, for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, um,
1: that was... Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have name recognition, and they weren't white. And, like, there's a lot of kids that get... Like, Shearsha Ronan was nominated for an Oscar when she was 13. Abigail and, and Breslin she, was nominated Abigail, for Little Miss yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. Um, they were, like, fine in their movies. But, like, the Academy is willing to give, like, shots to white people, but... Less people of it's, color.
0: Yeah. Um, well, they're racist. So like, classic. We, this has been established at the Oscars are, like have been racist and sexist. And um, at least the Parasite winning best picture was not in line with that. So, like, good for them yeah. for that. But um, this is still pretty racist. Especially the comparison with Plum Dog Millionaire. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, speaking of movies, um, Aladdin is getting a sequel Mm has found an article that said that. Which is, like, good for the main actor because he hasn't been able to get any
1: parts. So, at least he has a job now. But, like, also, what is this going to be? What is it going to (laughs) be? Literally, everything's resolved and also there's no material to work from. Like, actually, is there an Aladdin 2? Return of Jafar! Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't think I ever watched it. So, I guess Jafar is coming back, guys. So, we take that back. There is content there. Huh. Watch your calendars for that coming out. Yeah. So, okay. last segment of the day. Segment of the day. Nickyanka Watch 2020. Our hashtag. Eyesight is clear. We are watching this. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Basically, what has been going on with them? Well, actually, kind of a lot. Yeah, kind of a lot. Um, Let's so, start with
1: this iconic quote. Yeah, Tars, you <laughs> make it. This is the quote of the week. Quote of the week, um, this is from, well, we won't tell you who it's from. The quote is, don't try to squeeze into a glass slipper. Instead, shatter the glass ceiling. Ten guesses who it is. <laughs> <Ten>. It's Priyanka. <laughs> it's Priyanka Chopra, circa 2020. <laughs> I don't know what it has to do with anything. I also don't know... Okay. I mean, I get it, but also what? I get it. It's, like... it's a. I get it. I get it. It's just like...
0: Ugh, if anyone else, like, if, okay, if Tina Fey, or let's take a better example, like, Kamala Harris posted this, I'd be like, sure, like, great, good job, Kamala, like, I'm with you. But because Priyanka's doing it, I'm just like, why are you doing it? What's your motive? What is your purpose? Yeah. (laughs) Right? And so, she's been posting a lot of, like, really cryptic messages recently, where it's like, a TBT of her winning Miss World at 18, and then she's like, dream big, like, I still am, like, more, uh determined than ever to, like, make sure girls have the potential to live out their dreams. Like, hashtag dream big. Like, what is this for? Oh, so, let's talk about the Oscars and Priyanka. So, since we were talking about the Oscars so much, Priyanka Was had, that the Oscars? Yeah. Was she, the golden oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. No, it was the Grammys, right? Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, where she, she, didn't, her ugly she didn't dress. go to the Oscars. She went to the Grammys, I think. Yeah, that makes Which sense. Which is kind of, um because it was, like, an opportunity for, like, the Jay sisters to shine, because the Jonas Brothers were performing.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. I googled, where did Priyanka wear her ugly dress, and it says the Grammys.
0: (laughs) So this dress, Tars and I are both of the camp that this dress is hideous, and, like, should not have been worn. But the reason we wanted to talk about it is because the negative, like, so the criticism that she got for this dress was that she was okay so basically let's first describe the dress it's like super bedazzled like has like crystals all over it and then it has like the deep v the same way that j-lo did the deep v that like goes below her navel like right to her like pubic bone yeah so it's like pretty scandy which is like do what you want to do like wear what you want to wear right but people were criticizing her for like Letting down her like pure her Indian heritage and like yeah that was weird all these like random South Asian men were posting on her Instagram like good thing you left India like you are disgusting you're a shame to our country like you don't represent Indian values like
1: because she's showing some skin like
0: yeah, yeah get over it like no that dress was hideous
1: but she did not deserve to be so hideous. for it yeah this dress was really ugly but she didn't deserve the hate.
0: <laughs> Especially like expecting her to like.
1: Anyways, Anyways
0: that's our
1: episode, or that's, that's what, our episode. That's what we have so far. But um, that's what we got. Um, now we're so excited to present our interview with Trisha. Um, we hope you guys like it. So we are so 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 excited to
0: have uh, another Celebs Have Thoughts episode. Um, as Tars already alluded to, we're going to be speaking with the editor-in-chief and founder of brown girl magazine so her name is trisha Walia. she's a digital content creator and social media strategist with a knack for event planning and she manages more than 100 contributors and oversees business development at brown girl magazine.com if you guys haven't checked it out yet brown girl magazine.com is really cool um, Brown Girl is a digital platform created by and for South Asian women who believe in the power of storytelling telling as a vehicle for community building and empowerment. Having spoken at various South Asian-led community events and forums, such as at, at Columbia University, Michigan State, and Yale, to name a few, Trisha is Ooh. continuously striving to
1: amplify the reach of Brown Girl the traditional way, word of mouth. Raised as an Indian American in the suburbs of New York, she's proud of her hyphenated identity and continues to find unique ways to empower young women living in the diaspora. And you can follow her on Instagram for her day-to-day happenings. And we're so excited to have you on our podcast. Um, tell us a little bit
2: about Brown Girl yeah. Um, Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> in the simplest way possible, Brown Girl Magazine is a place for South Asians living in the diaspora to um, express who they are, um, um, you know, both um, online and offline. And our mission from the start has always been to create a safe space for South Asian um, women, and and that has never changed, and we're so grateful to have been a part of that movement um, for the last uh, decade. Yeah, that's amazing. It's been a decade now since you guys started. It literally has been, yeah, and you know, it 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 feels like a really long time, but honestly, we've had a lot of ups and downs, and no one's been full time, and everyone's been a freelancer. So, even though it feels like a long time, um, you know, we it, it's been a pretty uphill battle for us.
3: Yeah. So you mentioned, <clears throat> I think, um, over email that you had recently decided to make this sort of your full time career. What prompted that decision, and how how has it been to work on something? Um, that's so important to the brown community um for your
2: full-time job yeah for sure yeah i mean taking that plunge was really serious and you know it's affected my life in so many different ways um but um you know i knew that i needed to go full-time with brown because it was just it was calling me you know and i didn't realize what an impact brown girl would have in my life but it, it definitely has had a huge impact it's Pretty much given me my career and um, and for that reason, you know I when I saw the right opportunity, I took it. And so you know by trade, I am a, um, I am a journalist by trade and I had been working as an editor at various media um, publications in the past. and so the one publication that I was at for a while um, was at CTV, a uh, South Asian media conglomerate yeah. And they have a bunch of, you know, obviously TV channels, but they also have a bunch of websites. So I was managing two of their websites for four years. And during those four years, I had a full staff um, of 50 freelancers and um, five in-house editors and social media managers. And um, every single person I hired during those four years was genuinely through my Brown Girl staff or my Brown Girl network. And I was just so grateful to have had that time because it really allowed me to understand the potential that my team has. And it allowed me to see that, you know, we actually can thrive in a very corporate environment. And believe it or not, you know, when we were hired to curate content at at ZTV, they wanted us to pretty much replicate um, the desi millennial centric content that we were already producing at brown girl so it was really wow. at that time that i realized that you know what we're creating at brown girl is real because you know this big giant con- conglomerate wants us to basically do the same for them and so yeah that's what kind of gave me the courage and the insight to understand that what we're doing has potential and we should continue it and and hopefully make it a full fully you know sustainable run company and so in 2017 I was getting married anyways and I was you know really trying to figure out what's next for me because I had been at Z for quite a while at this point and I knew that I wanted to figure out my next move and so I honestly took the golden ticket and the opportunity that that came to me which was I can potentially go full-time because I would still be able to survive with a roof over my head and have a supportive husband who could really, you know, kind of carry the ship while I try to make my passions a reality. So right after I got married, I spent four or five months working out a deal with my original business partners who were a part of Brown Girls to see if I could, you know, really um, buy their shares so that I can run the company as a solo entrepreneur and they weren't able to go full time with the company because they were, you know, they had their own lives, their own destiny. But, um, but yeah, the timing was just honestly perfect for me. And it's been two years since that I've worked really hard to, um, A, pay them back for the equity that I did buy from them and then also try my best to grow and scale the company and make it sustainable. Wow. Okay. So I think you alluded to it a little bit, but could you talk a little bit about what that process was like of Starting this magazine from scratch, and what were some of the challenges, and who did you work with to build it? Yeah, so you know I didn't. I was not the original founder. The original founder did start it in college, and okay um, you know she she had definitely insight that is beyond belief, right, because she was creating a safe space for South Asian women before it was the cool thing to do and before it was trendy. I genuinely always applaud the work that she's done and so her name is Aditi Neta. and you know and I again I consider myself really just lucky and it was in my destiny to have found Brown Girl at the time that I did um and so but but in the last you know five to eight years I've, I've taken Brown Girl um very seriously I've you know, I've been one of the first people to work on our Twitter, one of the first people to work on our Instagram, one of the first people to really strategize our editorial process, um, and I'm also the first person to bring um, business development into the company by um, curating brand campaigns so that we can see some revenue through um, sponsored campaigns. So, um, okay. yeah, there was definitely quite a few firsts that I've had at the company, and it's allowed me to grow my own uh, skills and and career from both a social media marketing perspective and then also a biz dev and sales perspective. Okay. Yeah,
3: that resonates with me a lot. I am uh, a business school student currently, and um, the idea of building something from the ground up that's, like, specifically catered to the Brown community, which – I don't Rima and I talk about this a lot, Rabbit and I talk about this a lot, how when we were growing up we didn't necessarily feel like there was a strong um, brown community outside of our immediate friends and family that we could really lean on. So I think especially for younger girls and guys who are growing up today to have something like Brown Girl magazine um, out there on the internet and, and really prevalent, honestly, it's 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 everywhere. So um that is really exciting to us. Um, So I was wondering kind of how you were able to grow it so rapidly from kind of this idea that was started in college for someone and then became kind of like an ever-present thing in the brown community, and you have this network of contributors that are really touching every aspect of brown culture. We were reading some stuff that was specifically about um, Bollywood and, and, and some of the Problematic films that have come out there recently, but also you talk about kind of the experience being um, an Indian American in the States. How have you been able to sort of grow this
2: network? Yeah, for sure. So honestly, the growth has been really gradual and, you know, it, it for me, it seems like the growth is extremely slow. And it like I was mentioning earlier, it genuinely has been a uphill battle. So I'm always grateful when people from the outside think of it very differently um, and folks think of it as, you know, we, we've kind of emerged on the scene in a way, but that's taken a really long time to do. So now that we are, you know, somewhat in the scene, um, I'm just constantly always trying to hold on to it and just stay relevant, right, which is not easy to do because people's attentions are so short. Um, so so staying top of mind and staying relevant within the South Asian diasporic community right now is definitely a challenge. Um, but I think the only way we've survived is through genuine content that, rele- that is relevant and resonates. Like, that's it. Like, that's the strategy. There's no magic to it. You know, I mean, it takes weeks and months to put out content. So, like, even, you know, every single story that you see has taken anywhere between three to five people have been involved in that one story from just, you know, figuring out what picture, figuring, you know, getting a bio in for the author, just, making sure the intro is good and then taking that story and converting it into social media and, and sharing it in different portals and every single portal that you share to whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, newsletter, it all requires a different type of marketing approach. And so, yeah, so honestly, like every piece of content, whether it's on social media or the website takes genuine effort time. Um, and yeah, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful that we do have a really, really solid team. I have 15 editors, about 200 active um, contributors internally and then thousands and thousands wow. of just amazing guest contributors who are constantly reaching out to us to contribute content. So, so yeah, the team is pretty vast. We, are, we live across 20 different time zones, and right now we do have um, a really massive team across the country and across Canada and also in the U.K., and then hopefully by the end of this year, we will have a solidified team in Australia. But wow. all of this has genuinely been organic. It's people, just like yourself, have reached out, emailed us, DM'd us, you know, commented and, and just left us support and love and they wanted to get involved. And so, you know, on a day-to-day basis, our main inbox is absolutely flooded and we are so grateful for it because it's it's almost the same type of emails every day, right? I want to work with you. I want to collaborate. I have... I have a video, I have a book, I have a, you know, a a show, a play. How can how Brown Girl get involved? And it's the same type of stuff every day. And so we're trying our best to, you know, get to all of it. But at the end of the day, I am the only full-time person, and everyone in the company is a volunteer freelancer. Wow. That is a massive enterprise that I I don't think either of us had an idea of how many people work for you, and that, that's truly amazing, and I think it speaks to the, I guess, the volume of people who also enjoy reading Brown Magazine and where they all come from. Um, in your work and, I guess, in the growth of the magazine and the outreach, have you interacted with any very helpful celebrities from the brown community and I guess like could you speak to an example of of one that comes to mind because we do love reading uh some of the things on brown girl magazines that featured celebrity thoughts and content and uh I guess like, we were just wondering if you had any cool stories to share with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um <clears throat> I think Yeah, I mean, I've genuinely been grateful to have had those interactions with South Asians, you know, who are on the come up and also are celebrities. Um, And it's actually cool to now see just an amazing um, group of South Asians in Hollywood. So I think that's been really Mm -hmm. cool for us to see um, over the years. But, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's been small interactions with, uh, you know, a bunch of them, you know, from from Cal Penn to uh you know to Oprah um to to even Priyanka Chopra um i mean there's there's definitely been a ton, you know we've had interactions with Mindy Kaling in the past um so yeah so we we've definitely done a fair share of our interactions and our interviews um and i on a personal basis i'm trying to think if i have any you know over the top funny or or interesting stories. Um, I guess the most recent one, to be honest with you, I can share. We had a scheduled interview with Kamal Najee. He's from Silicon oh, yeah. Valley, and then he was also in The yeah. Big Stick, and he recently produced the new show on Apple Plus called Little America.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
2: we were scheduled to interview him and his wife, but unfortunately because of New York City craziness and traffic, I was literally one minute late to the interview. And so thank God my brown girl colleague was already in the room ready to go. And so me and her are literally just like doing a final prep of the questions like on the phone as I'm headed into the city. And I'm like, okay, you have all the questions? And she's actually one of our newer um, writers on staff. And towards the end of this phone call of us doing this last minute prep, thank God we had our questions ready to go. We just needed to properly prep them. Right. And so towards the end of this phone call, I'm like, hey, by the way, you know, um, have you done any big celebrity interviews in the past? And she goes, no, I actually haven't done an interview at all. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe it. Okay, well, um, good luck. <laughs> like, I was so nervous. I was like, shit, like, how is it that I'm missing this, you know, and I've never missed you know, yeah. a scheduled interview in the past. And so, believe it or not, I literally got in a minute after she started, and unfortunately, I wasn't allowed into the room, so I heard the whole interview through the door, Um and, and honestly, I walked in right towards the end as they were wrapping up, and you just, I just was able to see her, her, just her body language, and she was so into it, and like the couple, you know, Emily was also there, and you know, Emily and Kamal were just so into the conversation, and they ended up falling in love with this brown girl writer, her name is Isra and Nazir, and she actually just published the piece that she did of of the interview, and, and it turned out to be a beautiful piece. But I guess that's, like, one of the most recent stories that comes that's, to mind. But That's a good yeah. one. It's a really funny one. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to read that. Piece. Of course I would miss <laughs> it. Yeah, we just put it up literally 24 hours ago, so definitely oh, get wow. your hands on it. But, yeah. But, I mean, we are grateful, again, to be, you know, interviewing a lot of the folks that are coming out with new content Um Right now, we're actually prepping a ton of interviews for the new reality TV show that's hitting Broadway. Like the first ever Indian American mm. family is coming to Broadway, and they're based in Miami, and it's going to be all about their life. Um, so we're just in the process of prepping those interviews. So I think this year and last year is probably the first time ever where we're receiving a lot of the big, um, <clears throat> a lot of the big star-studded interviews. Um, we're actually. Also this weekend, we're going to be interviewing, um, the lead for the Disney Junior show, Mira the Detective. We're interviewing awesome. Leela, who plays the lead, uh, who plays the lead character. And so, so yeah, so definitely in a good place to be doing that now, finally, <laughs> without having to run after a million people.
3: That's awesome. Those are all things we've been talking about on our podcast recently that we're so <laughs> excited to see, um, in the pipeline.
2: Oh, good. Good yeah we'll we'll have all that content for you guys ASAP for sure
3: (laughs) amazing um kind of speaking in that vein I'm really curious since you have been you know working very directly in this space for 10 years now what your thoughts are on the increased representation of South Asians in kind of Western media where do you think there's still room to grow what's exciting you the most you could talk a little bit about that
2: Yeah, for sure. I've definitely had a really positive outlook towards representation for actually quite a while now. I've probably been one of the, you know, one of the few that are, that have always been, you know, I see representation everywhere and everyone else around me is like, well, where do you see it? You know, but I think I saw it a while ago and I was grateful to have even this, even just in the past five years, I mean, it's grown tremendously, but even before those five years, I, I was able to, because maybe because I was so knee deep into meeting folks and creatives who were in the space already that I was like, you know, I can't undermine the people that I've met and come across. Like they are making a difference. They're paving the way. Like they may not be as famous and popular as, you know, Lily Singh or Mindy Kaling, but they're still making space and they're providing, um, and, and they're providing, um, really cool, content that South Asians and non-South Asians can consume. So I've always been a really big optimist when it comes to representation in the space. And I was really grateful that last year I was able to do um, an opening keynote at Michigan um, University speaking directly to a gigantic room of South Asians for one of their conferences. And my entire opening keynote which was literally twenty five minutes, the whole thing was on representation and how, you know, over the years we've been so grateful to have been at the epicenter of it via Brown Girl and I consider Brown Girl a mini Google for South Asian current events because really anything that's happened in almost the past decade, you can search the term on our website and very likely you'll find some content that surrounds it and it all relates back to representation and it being there, whether it was a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago, like there were folks who were doing their thing. It's just now yeah, with Instagram, it becomes more amplified, but, you know, but this change has been in the making for the last one decade.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's-
0: <laughs> no, don't no, Thank you for speaking to that. And I mean,
2: that is the subject of our podcast, just kind of trying to highlight where Brown representation is. And we love talking about new things that we see. And we do often go to Brown Girls Magazine to see what's new in the world of South Asian representation. So thank you for that. So I guess you've talked a lot
3: about some of the really cool stuff that Brown Girl has done and and exciting things in your future like um the expansion to Australia and some of the really cool um, celebrity and content interviews you have lined up what is kind of like your vision for what you want brown Girl to be and that would be success or you know what's something that's coming up that you're just so excited about and it's something that you couldn't even have dreamed of
2: maybe when you started 10 years back yeah for sure um i think a couple of things um you know i i think the way that we we're growing from a user generated content perspective that's something i would have never imagined and what that basically means is that, you know, hundreds and thousands of people are consistently contributing content um, on their own, like on their own will, um, just out of pure passion. And so that's something I would have never imagined that, you know, every year is my biggest fear is like, Oh, we're going to run out of content this year. Like no one's going to submit content, but that's, it hasn't stopped. And so I'm, I've always been really grateful for that. And, um, and number two is it's really being able to host so many events. I mean, in this past year, we've hosted a period party to promote Menstrual Equity Day. Um, you know, we hosted that exclusive one-on-one talk with Maria Kumar. We hosted two back-to-back discussions um, focusing on the Me Too movement. And each time we had eight people come on board to speak about their accounts with Me Too. Um, beyond that, we've done quite a few pop-ups with so many different South Asian small businesses. Um, We've done book readings and we've done um, panel discussions with different creatives across different industries. And I think the biggest event that we've been able to host for two years in a row now has been the Sashi Summit and a Slashy is someone who does have a full time, but is pursuing a side hustle. So hopefully you guys had a chance to hear about Sashi Summit, but I think it's probably one of the biggest ventures that's come out of Brown Girl in the past two years. And I'm definitely really grateful for it. And then beyond that is Learn Power and having our own apparel line that we can really promote and sell. And, and it allows us to give folks a reason to engage with Brown Girl outside of Brown Girl. Right now, you can come to our events. You can come to Sachi Summit. You can purchase Learn Power. Power. Um, and in the last week, we released our second product, which is Brown Girl Bindies. And now you can purchase a pack of Brown Girl Bindies as well. So, We're finally in a place now where we're building a brand outside of just the website. And I see that growing in a couple of different ways. The first way is allowing more folks to contribute user-generated content on their own by having an account profile and having a user login. So we're working towards the technology side so that folks just like you don't need to email us anymore and you can just submit content on your own. So that's one thing that we're working towards behind the scenes, and then the second, we're working towards building a more um, approachable digital community for slashies, which will always be in line with Brown Girl in some capacity, but it will still be separate. So you'll have access to private chat groups if you're a slashie, have access to private web- webinars, and have access to um, um, slashie directory um, and slashie jobs as well. Um, so we're trying our best to expand and grow Brown Girl, but through various lens, such as Flashy or Lurky Power.
3: Okay. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about Slashy? I don't think actually uh, we know too much about it beyond um, just kind of what we read in the blurb. Yeah,
2: sure. So um, <clears throat> we hosted the summit for two years in a row. This past year we saw 400 people. The year before we saw um, a little bit more than 250 and, you know, a flashy is honestly you guys are perfect examples of flashy. you're pursuing a side hustle which is podcasting and the side hustle doesn't have to be a lucrative measure it's something that is done purely out of passion and it was built um this phenomenon is is built around um millennials essentially and it's a a term coined in the urban dictionary and yeah we this past year we hosted um um, we hosted 12 panel discussions, each one relating to the Slashy lifestyle, you know, whether it's being a Slashy at night and, you know, having a corporate job during the day or whether it was talking about, you know, uh, being a Slashy and running a nonprofit. Or we had another panel discussion that just spoke to, to people who are in STEM and they're also slashies. Um, and then we had one that just spoke to folks who are in the music industry and are, are also slashies. Um, we had one um, panel discussion that was just for startups that they can raise capital, and many of those folks who are raising capital are also still flashies. So, yes, yeah, so we didn't realize what an amazing community there was surrounding this concept, but it ended up being something bigger than we imagined. And, and, um, and yeah, we're looking to grow that even further. But this past year we were grateful enough to have had 88 speakers, Um, We had 30 women walk in a fashion show sponsored by four designers. All of them, of course, are South Asian. And um, actually, uh, two of the designers were slashies themselves, which is also just so crazy. And then we had this amazing small business marketplace with 18 um, vendors. And many, at least half of those vendors were actually all slashies because they had other full-time gigs. But they were, you know, they're selling lifestyle-based products, whether it's jewelry, makeup, skincare, um clothing, you know, books, toys, so on and so forth, you name it. And we had a South Asian business that you may be familiar with. And, and yeah, and we also even had a mini art exhibition that focused on Muslim identity. So we definitely oh, yeah. had a lot going on during the day, to say the least.
3: Wow, that sounds wow.
2: incredible. I think we would love to go to one in the future. That yeah. Really
3: yeah. Yeah. And
2: hopefully you guys can come to New York
3: for
2: it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. Seriously. Honestly, that sounds so amazing. Um, Well, so one thing that we like to ask uh, guests on our podcast and something that we end every podcast episode with is a hot take. So it can be anything kind of quippy, like a personal opinion about South Asian representation. Um, that you would like to share with our listeners. So do you have a hot take for us? Sure, yeah. I think something that's so important for us to recognize is just because you're South Asian, it doesn't mean that what you're building is is genuine and I should support you. And I think we're all in this weird space right now where the community is still very small. So we do genuinely do want to support and promote every type of South Asian. But we also have to keep a lookout to make sure that, you know, we're we're supporting genuine folks who are really doing it for the right reasons. And I think I think all of us are falling into that Instagram clout, right? And wanting Instagram clout. I know that I've I've fallen into that trap so many times in the past and I always have to take a step back and really look at myself and tell myself that just because I'm South Asian doesn't mean I'm going to get the south asian support and I have to really work for it. Um so yeah, I mm-hmm. think I think that's what I would say is, you know, check yourself <laughs> and just because you're south asian doesn't mean that you know you're going to have the community behind you. You have to genuinely prove yourself and um and make space for yourself too. So I think I don't know if that was too controversial, but maybe that No,
0: that's a great hot take. Hot take. That's, that's a hot great hot take. take.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we, we love it. We, we love appreciate it. it. Yeah. That
3: okay.
2: sounds cool.
3: Um okay well so that that is I think all the questions that we have uh prepared. Thank you so much for taking the time. It sounds like you are I mean we knew you were busy but it sounds like you are out of control exponentially busy. So really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. Um, oh, cool. Happy and to do this. Yeah, we just we have loved talking to you. Um we love Brown Girl Magazine and we were so excited at like the idea to be able to have a conversation with you and understand kind of Um, how you think about things and what your plans are for the magazine because it really does mean a lot to us to have that platform out there and, like, see sort of the fundamental reason why Rima and I started this podcast is because we'd have a lot of conversations about things um, that we didn't feel like anyone else felt. So we we would just be, like, talking about, like, oh, like, this movie was, like, kind of problematic and be like, okay, well, I guess we'll just talk to each other about it. And with Brown Girl, there you just feel a lot more heard and it's just really exciting to have something like that. So long way of saying we are huge fans. We've been fans for a really long time and we really appreciate you um, coming on our podcast and sharing with our listeners um sort of your own journey and your own thoughts. Um, and yeah, we really appreciate you. And we would love to, you know, work with you in any capacity in the future. Um, stay in touch, like please. Please let us know if there's anything that we could be helpful with um,
2: or, you know, yeah, if, if we're in New York, Absolutely. we'll hit you up. <laughs> yeah, please, <laughs> a million percent. Most definitely hit us up. We are honestly always around, and I'm always open for more ideas and Um Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I always say this to everyone else. Um, Brown Girl has genuinely given me a space, and it's given me a career. So I've continued to do it um, for very selfish reasons because i didn't want (laughs) to give up the space for myself um and it's allowed me to make so many friends and partnerships in the community so i've every time i've thought about quitting brown girl i've genuinely always thought about well how would i feel and then after i think about me i end up thinking about the you know two million plus readers who continuously come back to our website on an annual basis and i'm like and now let me think about them (laughs) so so yeah so i think um I think we're we're all grateful for Brown Girl in the same way that you are. I feel the same way about it, and it's given me a lot. Um, and so I just hope to continue growing it with support like yourself. So, yeah, so happy to work together, and I look forward to seeing you guys grow. Yes. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Um, it's yeah. been so wonderful Good. talking to you.
0: So that's our episode, guys. If you have thoughts, comments, suggestions, or just are bored and want to reach out to us, (laughs) you can contact us at thebrownburndown at gmail.com. As we mentioned before, follow us on Twitter as
1: well at brownburndown on Twitter. Yeah, we're not that active, but sometimes we are. And we would love a few followers. (laughs) So (laughs) that's our episode, guys. Until next time. Bye.